there's that. Hold on. I've got to adjust my mic too because, and I like to do it low so I can actually see you. Hello, hello. See, to me, this sounds tinny. Tinny? Yeah, hold on. What is this? Say hello. Hi, hello. No, nothing. Um, Because dad told me not to mess with anything, but of course I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to because what's this do? It's oh. a <laughs> Sweet. What's this one? All right, so I have my own laugh track. Should I? Should I want it? Oh, ugly and awkward moment. Excellent. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by LipandClip.com. A lot of you who engage with us on our social media outlets have received some amazing samples of the brands that you can find on LipandClip.com. If you enjoyed them, feel free to visit the website, make your purchases for travel size or full size to support the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And there you go. Welcome to the Ugly Truth. This is episode 557. Ugh, ugh. That is not Stephanie, and that is not producer Deb. That is Mackenzie, my baby Ugh. Hello. An Uglet is in the house today. Uglet? Baby Ugh, I guess. Yeah. I like Baby Ugh better. You don't like Uglet? It sounds too much like Piglet. It does. <laughs> Okay, hold on. I'm finding out right now. Yeah, it's 5.57. Oh, I'm getting better at remembering. <clears throat> As we play with our new studio equipment, what do you think? The studio equipment? Oh, it's super cool. It's super cool that you guys have your own soundboard kind of set up. Where did Dad get this? Oh, those are crickets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where he, I mean, you know, he just bought it. And what we've had this equipment, not the microphones, but we've had this equipment for almost three or four months, maybe longer, but we just hadn't, um, well, we were lazy and just didn't get the microphones or any of the equipment that we needed. Dad spent like an hour. <laughs> he's so funny. He's kind of like a mechanic. You know, you like if you have a boyfriend or a husband that or a girlfriend who works on cars and you're and you've neglected your car completely. So they go out there and they're like, hey, I was just in your car and it's doing this or that. You're like, yeah, I know I've got to deal with it. And then suddenly they're out there fixing everything. And then they come in like an hour later and they go, all right, so this is what I did. I did all of these things. It should run a lot better now. You just have to do this or that to maintain it. Right. Dad did that. He does that with technology. So I have completely neglected my computer that we use specifically just for podcasting. And so when we set up this little studio, he goes, all right. He comes like an hour later. He goes, all right. So I cleared up a bunch of your caches. I deleted a bunch of apps that you did not need. And he's like giving me this lecture. And I'm like, okay, great. I said, look, I'm really sorry. I mean, I was going to do it. And he's like, no, it's fine. I like doing it. It's good. I feel good about it now. I feel good. You've got, a, you've got an efficient computer. We're good. And I'm like, all right, great. So, you know, it's the same thing. I need a technology person in my life because I don't even know what a cache is. I know, let right? Let alone to clear one. So <laughs> I, I have the most unnecessary things on my laptop. Like it runs so slowly. And then Ken gets, um, my boyfriend, he just gets ridiculous because I'll have like 35 tabs open at once and mm. like I'll be running the Sims and he, I'm like, why is my laptop dying so fast? Yes. Well, actually, interestingly, and Ken is your boy. And did I say your name was Mackenzie? Yeah. And I call you Kenzie. Yeah, everyone does. You're yeah. the middle child. And the middle child doesn't give a fuck about anything, <laughs> which is very, very true. It's so true. No, it is. Middle children are a different breed. <laughs> 
totally a different breed. That's why you and Aunt Stephanie get along so well, because she's the middle child. My kindred spirit. A hundred percent. She has never experienced what it's like to be the oldest because of me, obviously. And then for like a nanosecond, she was the baby of the family. But that ended very quickly because my my other, well, your Aunt Allison, they're literally like 18 months apart. So it's like instantly she was like, okay, well, that was the end of that. Now I'm the middle child. Yes. And so she went completely insane after that. Oh, man. Well, being the middle child is awesome. You just you have this uh, renowned sense of independence Mm. that I feel like my siblings don't necessarily have. Yeah, because no one's paying attention to you. So you have some time to create some havoc and chaos. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there you can was blame point, others. Yeah, there was, there was a large point in my childhood where Tyler just required a lot of attention and Malia was a literal infant. So I just <laughs> did whatever I wanted. I know. Yeah, until the principal called me and said, uh, you know, Mrs. Minor, you need to come in. We need to talk about Mackenzie. I'm like, okay. So I went in and I had to go see the principal. And I'm like, all right. So I sat down. I'm like, what's up? And she shows me this piece of paper. She goes, Mackenzie has a kill list. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> you were in fourth grade. I was, I think I was the sixth grade, actually. No, you weren't that old. No, I was. I think it was, it was fifth or sixth grade. It was fifth um, grade. And I remember it was because dad and I had just watched Billy Madison. And there was the guy with the lipstick had that made a cute. kill list. Did you cross anyone off because they they deserve to be removed from the kill list? No, I no realize to be removed. It's a sensitive topic, but the reality is is that I was shocked. I'm like, okay, first of all, we don't own firearms. I just want you to be. I want to be very clear. <clears throat> There's no way that she can follow through on this. And she's like, you know, normally this would be a expulsion level thing and I said yeah and she said but knowing you know we we were having some health issues your your brother had health issues at the time and so she's like oh I understand she's being neglected all right well we'll just let this go (laughs) that's your basically your fifth through eighth grade years oh yeah although you hated it when I would pay too much attention to you well all children do no one wants to be coddled but no but I mean when I forced you to do cheerleading (sighs) And then um, I didn't force you to do any aquatics, but... No, you did. I wanted to quit swim team for a really long time. I wasn't going to let you do it. No, you didn't want me to quit. You thought I needed the structure. You did need the structure. Which it worked out because eventually that segued into water polo, which was amazing. Which you did for four years and you loved it. I did it for six years. Oh, six. That's right. College. Yeah. Yeah. College aquatics. Which was way different. It Well, Yeah. Did they yes. did they push steroids on call in college yet? Uh, not to water us. polo. Not well, maybe maybe the male water polo players, mm. but definitely not us ladies. I mean, I know they're illegal. I'm just saying that at that point, it's like drink these power drinks, <laughs> drink these smoothies from GNC. No, um, Sierra was actually really good. Um, everyone in aquatics was required to take nutrition. Mm. We were all so they wanted about, to like, be healthy. Yes, it was definitely more about health. And then their favorite thing ever was you're a student first and athlete second, Whatever. which I never adhered to. <laughs> I flunked all of my classes, but I was at water polo practice every single day. And then at some point, um, you left polo and you were barely clinging to to your college days and you had somewhat of a breakdown because you were just so unhappy and you felt so lost and I remember dad and I talking to you on our stairwell saying you know what who cares do whatever you want to do do whatever you want you want to go take a cooking class because that's what you really want to do you're like yeah that's true next day 
You went to a different college, you signed up for the culinary program, and you became obsessed. Yes. Obsessed. Uh, it happened really fast. Like, like I, really fast. Like, Sierra, I think I quit this, the, I quit aquatics, and then I did, like, two more art classes um, mm-hmm. for, I don't even know why. And then you told me you did art because you wanted and you wanted to be be able to be inspired when you started making cakes and plated desserts, which worked out really well. Art history mm-hmm. has served me well. I knew it would um, like just knowing the different types of structures, mm-hmm. like yeah. especially uh, architecture art was like the most beneficial going into it just because cool. there's so much sculpture that goes into pastry. Right. Um, between chocolate work, sugar work and cake decorating. Um, it's definitely served me well. I'm glad that I took those classes. But. Me too. And I'm sure you low-key think about it when you're working on certain stru- structured type of things you probably think about. Well, what's cool too is like you can use it for, you know, hey, we're going to do a Roaring Twenties whatever and we need desserts that reflect that time period. You know exactly what that means. Yeah. Whatever, gothic or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But no, like leaving Sierra was probably the best thing I did for myself because oh, then yeah. I went to ARC and I got into culinary. I met some really amazing people um, and it totally turned my life around like 100%. Fact, trivia fact, the American River College culinary program was started and it's paid for by Guy Fieri. I love him. He gets he's a lot the of best. shade. You know what? Does he still? Because I get the impression that he's actually finally received the respect that he deserves because he's all about the small business owner and helping out the community. I mean, he has fed more firefighters and first responders in the last 10 years than anybody else. And apparently he's raised, and I'm sure it's more by now, but he's raised like $30 million to help small business restaurants and diners to survive the pandemic yeah no he's he's amazing and he does amazing work for the culinary community and um even just diners drive-ins and dives by itself as a standalone featuring Mm -hmm. these like family-owned businesses that wouldn't necessarily get the credit that they deserve for having amazing food and amazing product he gives that to them and so like i've always loved guy fieri um ken especially he's just like oh but his hair like ha ha and i'm like (laughs) i I don't even care how he expresses himself no he gets to do whatever he wants that's the thing it's like isn't that kind of what the in the generation we're in now it's like we're pretty much going to let everybody's flags fly and we're just going to accept it like that's kind of the overall vibe right yeah, absolutely. People are just, you have to accept that people are going to people and that yeah. they can do it how they want and you don't have to understand it. You just have to respect it. Or you don't even have to respect it. You just have to allow it. Because well, if it doesn't impinge on you, it's like, eh, fine, yeah, whatever. I, don't I, care. I would agree with that. If it doesn't mess with you, then you yeah, should just I mean, let people do whatever. Just like what we were talking about, you know, your choice, your consequence. You, If you yes. live by that rule with your children and your relationships, I mean, that's pretty much the way to do it, I think. Yeah, I have to remind myself of that rule, too. I'm like, oh, I want to do this. I'm like, okay, but the consequence to me sitting on the couch (laughs) and eating three slices of cake is is that I'm going to gain 30 pounds and I'm going to be super uncomfortable in my stomach. Yes, and it's going to be sucky when your extra large stretchies are tight. Oh, same. Same. Trust me. I'm always hungry. I hate it. I love food. So anyway, so much. Speaking of food. You worked at a French cafe for a few years. Mm-hmm. Then you worked for Selland, which is a very prominent restaurant uh, industry or in- industry. What do you call it? Restaurant group. 
I yeah, should say a restaurant group in Sacramento. And then we have been trying to get you to apply for the Culinary Institute of America, which is in St. Helena, California, which is Napa Valley for a few years. And you applied once and you, I don't think you did it right or something. It was like yeah. a half attempt. I, I, I started the process and I did the bare minimum, but yes. I didn't write my essay. Right. I didn't bother getting my transcripts in. I just kind of like sent in the application. And they're like, and they were like, no, absolutely not. You did not try on this. <laughs> and then you did it again and you got in immediately. Yeah, well, it, they, they took a while to get back to me, but when I finally sent them an email and I was like, hey, what's going on with my application? They called me mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, I'm so sorry. This took so long. We were talking about your fast track, um, which would be essentially the third semester in my school is an externship. Mm-hmm. And if you have more than a certain amount of experience in the field, you can skip the externship semester. Right. Ultimately, I decided I wanted to do the externship anyway, Which so is it wise. didn't matter. Yes, but that's why it took them so long to get back to me, as they were checking my out my work history. So once you agreed to do the externship, they're like, "Oh yeah, you're in." Yeah, pretty much instantly. I was just like, "Oh, actually, I've changed my mind. I'd like to do the externship," and they're like, "Oh well, you're accepted." Oh, like in the so same exciting. breath, it was. It was and so I remember cool. it was like, uh, gosh, was it April? No, it was last year, like in the summer, right? Yes, I, I won't forget it because that day I found a kitten in my front yard in a bush, like a little <laughs> tiny, like barely newborn kitten in a bush. And we named her Tuna and I had driven her over to your house I and I got the phone call on my way to your house. Um, and then dad's like, get that cat out of here. Yes. He's like, you can't have this cat. Mom, it's Tuna. And I'm like, oh, we can't have it. <laughs> dad would die. He hates cats, but he doesn't hate cats. Cats love him. You know, he's an animal lover, but I think cats are his, like, for you, where your dogs are not your favorite. You don't hate dogs. You just would rather not take care of a dog. Yeah. Dad's the same way. He's like, look, I don't hate any creatures, but I don't want to care for so many because we, we had a lot. At one point, we had five cats. Yes. Not to mention he has come to peace with Ramon, the stray. Now he goes, honey, Ramon's outside. He's crying. He wants food. I'm like, okay, fine. And he's like, no, I'll do it. You know, so he'll go do it. And lately, Ramon has been snoodling up on our uh, welcome mat because it's been kind of chilly at night. And wherever he was before apparently must not be an option because normally he was like staying somewhere where he wouldn't get wet or cold. Now, suddenly, he's been wandering around quite a bit. So I don't know if he got kicked out or if another cat came in or something. But I said, oh, man, okay. Because I've been trying to get a cat house for strays outside for quite a while. And dad has been really not, not big on it. He's like, it's just going to be like an eyesore. And I, and I, my biggest concern is we have a skunk issue. Oh, skunks will inhabit that thing fast. Immediately. And I'm like, oh, I don't really want to put a habitat out for creatures because we have a lot of them. And we have families yeah. of raccoons that wander around this neighborhood. So I've been hesitant. But I said, oh, man. He goes, well, maybe you can put like a bed or something out there. I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, <laughs> okay. He's like, just put food over there. He'll find it. I'm like, okay. All right, cat hater. um yeah so you got it and then oh my god now you're in now you're there you've been in school for three weeks I know it was it was a whirlwind getting there between like moving out of the house I was living in and Mm. everything else getting ready for school the whole process of financial aid and getting loans and but it happened so so fast and yeah now I've been there for three weeks do you love Um, it I do I mean I've been out this week because I've been sick with COVID fucking plague the plague it is inhabited which is why you are sitting in because now Stephanie 
I, I texted her and I said, hey, yo, we're supposed to be recording today. Are you are you sick? And she's like, I'm literally dying. And I was like, oh, no. She's like, I felt like I felt kind of bad yesterday. And I woke up this morning and went, no, I have it. So she's out. I mean, I may have guests for a week or two because it's brutal. And it just depends on your immune system. I mean, she's fully vaccinated, so she'll probably start feeling better in like five days. But it's like a it's so it's hell. Yeah, it really is. Like, I was not expecting you to get as sick as I got. I kind of I didn't take it very seriously. Not that I didn't like believe in the virus or anything. Right, right, right. Thrice vaccinated and all of that good stuff. But I was like not expecting you to be like thrown on my ass. I told dad when we got it, I said, I don't know how people who don't have the ability to be vaccinated are doing with this. It is rough. Yeah, it is rough, man. There was just feeling like shit, really. Not even the dying, not even feeling like you're going to die, but just or like you like you'll need a hospital bed. But more like your body is beaten up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And mine mine started with a migraine mm-hmm. and I just thought I had a regular headache. And then the next morning I woke up and my throat was kind of sore. And then um, the next day I had body aches, chills, a hundred right? degree fever. I was just like, I know I, I literally thought I was going to die. I was like, oh man, this is, <laughs> this is the, like the worst flu that I've ever had in my yeah, life. Agreed. And I'm like you, my throat was like knives. Yeah. I felt it like I was just, swallowing glass. It sucks. It's like strep throat, but not. It's really brutal. Anyway, well, it's funny. When you first started, I was like, I wonder if anyone in your class, besides you, of course, will end up being one of those, oh, yeah, uh, you know, Joanne Smith from, you know, so-and-so. We we remember when she was just a baby in the Culinary Institute, and now she's everybody, she's world-renowned, and she's got a, she's a James Beard winner, and do you think there's anybody like that in your class besides um, you? Because I know you will absolutely get a James Beard Award. <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind. You're so talented. I mean, hopefully someday, but I think... Um, and I'm not looking through mom glasses. I've been watching you do this for a long time now, and you're only 26. Oh, 26 doesn't feel like the only should be in front of it. I feel like I'm older than... <laughs> like I'm, I feel like Taylor Tomlinson. Like I feel like I'm having a quarter-life crisis every day, except I'm not... I, I'm just barely a quarter way through now. I know. Are you done being 20 in your 20s? I'm actually ready for my 30s. Like I'm ready for that. I know there's a lot of work to get to like the 30s ideal, which is like financial stability and like a family and like you don't a need job a family. with benefits. I want a family. I know you want a family, but you don't have to have one at 30. That's in four years. Oh, God. I know. I know. You see, exactly. I feel like I have so much, like, work to lay down to have my dream life. And, like, I want want the Michelin star and the Michelin children. Well, that's fair. I mean, you can, if anyone can do it, you can do it, honestly. And with classmates, like, they don't know what French laundry is. I think you're going to be all right. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I I do have this one (laughs) classmate. And um, we were talking about the French laundry in Bouchon and our hospitality management class and how they're so successful and how Thomas Keller is so successful. Mm -hmm. And this girl raised her hand and she goes, what's the French laundry? Oh, my God. Did everyone just, were they stunned silent? No, well, I think so. Cause or no, was there laughter? Nope, no one laughed. Oh, okay. No one laughed. But to be fair, she um, moved here from Beijing uh, oh. five years ago. Okay. And she is from Long Beach, California. So um, she she hasn't really had a ton of time to really know well, Yonville or Napa. But we she we, she was explained to the like it is a world renowned restaurant. It really is. A restaurant group, I should say. Because yeah. between ad hoc, I know per se isn't open anymore. No, but, but I mean, he has Miami, New York, and Napa. And I'm, I mean, I don't, and who knows, I don't even know his entire restaurant group, but I do know that it's quite 
significant. Yes. So most yes. people know French Laundry. But that's okay. Yes. Okay, I didn't realize. Okay, so now I feel bad for no, mocking her no, because no, no, no. she's not Don't even. Feel bad. She is a very special person. I mean that. <laughs> I mean that so genuinely too. Yeah. She um, I'm is actually... she the one that is really unique in her skill set? Yes, that's she crazy. she's so scientific and she just understands concepts so quickly. Like with math, she was so fast on the math. Um, she's so fast with like all of the concepts of like chemical leavening versus mechanical leavening and like Mm -hmm. how to get egg foams correct and like the temperature range that things need to be at. Like she's so good. Yes. Um, but I mean, I don't want to be stereotypical. Well, I mean, I know that we're not allowed to do that anymore, but they do value education in China. Yes. Although she doesn't value education, which I think is interesting. (laughs) Um, Well, she's now rebelling. Because she's out from under that, you know, real harsh, like, no, nothing other than an A+, plus, no, nothing less than 100%. If that's how she was raised, which a lot of people in Asia are raised that way, you come here and you're like, oh, my God, I mean, I can breathe a little. Yeah. Um, because Americans are so dumb. Because uh, I can do the bare minimum. When she was 14. Um, and she did try to go to a UC first. So she obviously had the grades to get into one. Oh, yeah. Um, but she ultimately, uh, the COVID, uh, mm. learning process, the online stuff just didn't vibe with her. She needed yeah. online class. She's like a very kinesthetic learner. Sure. Um, which most chefs are. Really? Well, you are. You're yeah. very science and math based. Well, yeah. And then I just need like that hands on um, approach with learning. Like I have a real hard time just like watching someone do something or even just listening to something. Mm -hmm. I have to like do it with my own hands for it to make sense. But um, and she's very much that way also. But yeah, no, I I absolutely adore her. I'm not sure (laughs) she's looking into hotels, but oh, um, okay, cool. As far as somebody who I think everyone's gonna know, I do have this one gentleman in my class. His name is Keith, Mm -hmm. and he actually went through the culinary side of the CIA first, the savory Mm -hmm. side, and now he's going through a second time to do the pastry side. Okay, um, and he would if anyone's gonna be the next anthony bourdain it would be him interesting and that's exactly what he wants to do he wants to travel travel and write and cook and write and eat well we'll keep it well you'll have to well you'll have to tell me who he is and i mean you know after the show i don't want to like completely tell everybody everything (laughs) but um we'll have to follow him and we'll see and if he does well you'll have to come back and say i know the next no one is going to be anthony bourdain again plus we don't want someone to be that troubled but well of course not but i mean like as far as the uh a world traveler who recognizes and and celebrates different cuisines all over the world and writes about it would be amazing Yes, and I think that that's mm-hmm. definitely something that he's interested in doing and could do. Um, what about you? Well, I mean, I I would love to travel. I had this dream once that I would stage my way through Europe and mm-hmm. just, like, take little paid under-the-table jobs and just, like, backpack or train my way through Europe and stay in hostels and what, do So that you can be kidnapped life. and sold into white slavery? I don't think that would happen. I do. But... Um, I don't like that. That's I would love good. the idea of working through Spain and Italy and Belgium yeah. and learning chocolate work and obviously That'd be France. beautiful. Yes. Um, but even then going into like Asia, I love Japanese uh, pastries. I think they're mm-hmm. so cool and interesting. Well, the flavor profiles are definitely not the same. No. Very different flavor profiles. No. And I yeah, do like exactly. that. I never want to go there, but that's, that's just <laughs> me. No. Um, I'm I, not racist. It's just, it's the, if I had to rank the places that I really wanted to visit outside of the United States, 
Italy and Paris, Italy and France would be at the top. And I really would like to go to the motherland, which is Scotland and Ireland. I would love that. And I would love to go to Germany. Um, I think that, but, but Asia would be at the bottom. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I would go if I had the opportunity. I just, it would not be my number one choice. Although I know chefs absolutely die to go there. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, um, just uh, like Eastern Asia alone has so many world-class restaurants and pastry places. Yes. And it's just, yes. they're at the top of the list when it comes, like if you look at like the 100 best in the world, like 40 out of the 100 you're going to find in Asia. I would go to the Netherlands too. Oh, the Netherlands would be nice. Would I would be like beautiful. I would like to visit Sweden. Sweden is our other motherland. Yes. One of the other we have several cuz we're mutts, but but that have that those quarter parts, yeah, that would be fun to go there. I would yeah. love to go to Sweden. I think it'd be it's beautiful. The Netherlands are gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, ever any I haven't even seen most of the United States. I've been pretty yes. stuck in the West Coast. Not that California isn't gorgeous. I try not to take it for granted how gorgeous that we it's, have it here. It's beautiful. I was just telling, was it you I was saying, where in California you can be in a different climate in two hours. Wherever you live in the state, literally anywhere in the state, in two hours, you can be either in a desert, a forest, mountains, ocean, something that looks like the middle of the country, Midwest looking, you know, agricultural land. I mean, it's every, it's anything. And it's that, what that's what I love about this state specifically when it comes to travel is you can get like dad and I, are, I, I really want to go like central south. Uh, I want to see Paso Roble, which is another wine uh, place. And I, we've never been. And I'm like, how, how have we not, how have we not been where there's wine? <laughs> for god's sake i know that surprises me for yes. you guys you guys are wine aficionados yeah well we know what we like but still yeah but um no i mean i would ultimately like to travel a little bit of everywhere i would love mm -hmm. to see some of south america i would love to see some of asia i would love to go to australia um sure. europe is obviously very high on there just because of the pastry and I the think history of pastry you should do all of that before you have your michelin children well, the you problem is, is I already have, I've got two Michelin children. They just have four feet <laughs> and they're fuzzy and I can't, I can't bear, I don't know what I would do with them. Um, I don't either. You can't bring them with you. Nope. And they're very young cats. So I can't just like. We'll see. Just don't even think about it for now. There's, yeah. there's so much more going. It's so exciting to watch you go through it. I'm, I'm low key jealous, but not in the way of like, I'm going to go do this too. It's more like I'm jealous in a, in a positive way. It's like, God, I'm just so glad because, you know, I did not have, I did not allow myself those opportunities at your age. And so it's like so exciting to see that, you know, I've encantoed our, I encantoed my children. <laughs> oh man. I've, I've ended the generational cycle of just barely making it. So in that aspect, I'm just so happy to see it because you're all doing it. I mean, you're all doing it. I mean, the fact that none of you had children at 20 is a win. <laughs> no lie. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying for our family, it's a, it's a win. Yeah. So I'm good with it. I, I always tell Ken, I was just like, you know, if I gave birth tomorrow, I would be like the oldest woman on my mom's side of the family <laughs> to give birth for the first time. Seriously. And he's just like, what does that matter? And I'm like, it doesn't. I just, it's, it's interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting win. It's a it's in the win column for our family specifically. I know some people think there's nothing wrong with having children. No, there's not. But you just it, you close a lot of paths that won't reopen until you're much older. Yeah. So it's it's way better. It was funny. I was sitting here going, you know, because 
dad's always like, yeah, you can get, you should go seek employment if you want to. I mean, we've been having this debate for years and I can do it if I wanted to. But he's like, I'd rather you do something you want to do. And I'm like, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> so I'm not used to that. Like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I but always thought you and dad would open a business at some point. We like, will, actually. Yeah, we, someday. I'm we not will. sure what, but. We I, don't know. I mean, you can always open a restaurant. I know. A good oh, my God. Chef. I mean, <laughs> I've worked in the culinary world. It's very hard. Well, it's very hard. Yeah, it's hard to be on the culinary side, I think. And I, I don't want to offend anyone, but I do feel like it's easier on the hospitality side, like being in management rather than being in yeah. the trenches in the back with, you know, flames and knives and spitting oil. I actually and wouldn't mind the pressure for the time. <clears throat> hospitality in the wine industry is very prominent. And I can definitely see, you know, dad's like, honey, you could totally, you know, work at a winery. And I'm like, I am not 25. My tips would be paltry. Why would I do that to myself? No, I'll actually, be exhausted. I would, I, I, you would, you might be exhausted, but I will say this for, for nothing. Tips. I will, no, I would say this for tips. Um, as least my generation, we love it when we have older servers. Why? Well, because you well, don't feel sorry from like, I wonder what went wrong in their life that they have to no, work. No, not at all. Not at all. Normally, I mean, I'm not 80. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. <laughs> like some of the servers I've worked with in the past at Selens and at the cafe and even like some of the baristas I worked with at Starbucks, the ones who are a little bit older in age in their 40s and 50s, they have a better handle on things. They're more true. emotionally secure. They can. So true. They don't take bullshit from customers. No, which they I I absolutely love true and they're usually really relatable and like fun to be around oh. like 20 year old waitresses i feel like and again i'm going to offend i feel like they take <laughs> themselves a little too seriously you know what's funny is i was um i don't even know what comedian it is to give them credit but i was listening to this stand-up comedian yesterday i think i think it was mark normand if i'm not mistaken but he said millennials and boomers hate each other and he goes, and it's because they're both exactly the same. They're so alike. He's like, millennials are, they have, you know, they're working on their retirement. They have health issues. They're in therapy. They have medication that they have to take every day. They're, they don't eat sugar anymore. You know, they have to stay, they have to stay healthy. <laughs> Boomers are the same. They're the same. We're all in the same boat. And that's why you guys hate each other. Well, he's like, when I, ruin the he economy. goes, when I was 20, he's like, I didn't have any of those things. He goes, I was drunk with no electricity in my house. <laughs> you know, that's what we were doing in our 20s. Oh, man. Yeah. No, being tw in your 20s is a trip. Um, yeah. I, I have gone from being like in my 20s. I've lived here with you guys. Mm -hmm. I've been uh, in an apartment with my boyfriend. I've been in an apartment by myself. Yeah. Where the lights have been turned off on me and I'm eating packets of rice with gravy. Been there. <laughs> I'm like, all been there. I'm literally heating up those like frozen uh, rice jasmine packets from Trader Joe's and pouring mm -hmm. the instant gravy mix over the top of it and mixing it together. And I'm like, ah, oh, cuisine. I used Bone to eat, when I, when I lived with my friend Kim, we ate a boxed broccoli, cheese, and rice mix. And they were like 29 or 30 cents a box. And we would buy like 30 of them. And that's what we ate. And water. <laughs> and she would she would splurge 
on cereal and milk because she's one of those people that it has to have breakfast every day. Oh, no. I don't. It's so weird. I've never liked, even when I was a little kid, my mom would literally bring me back home from school to eat breakfast because I refused it. Because I'm like, it makes me want to throw up. I have no interest. My body is just like, absolutely not. I get too tired after I Ugh. eat. And so like eating in the morning, like right after I wake up, I'm like, it's just not appealing. It's to like me. trying to eat a Big Mac. It's like, ugh. Yeah. I mean, I know some people absolutely need breakfast in the morning. I am not one of the coffee. Yes. Oh gosh. If I don't have coffee, it's like, if I have a bad, times. if I have a bad where I don't get to finish my coffee or something happens and I have to get up and do something, I'm off for the whole day. I need the caffeine and I know it's an addiction. I, don't, I only have one cup a day. I don't give a shit. Oh, I have a lot of coffee a day. Yes. Well, you're in the industry of having to be on from 4 a.m. until 3 yeah. o'clock in the afternoon. Well, um, it's so funny that you say that because right now I'm like really trying to adhere to the schedule. Yeah. Um, my my That's exhausting. It is exhausting, but I've actually really enjoyed it. I like the structure. Good. And normally I rely on other people to give me structure, which isn't necessarily fair to expect that of other people <laughs> True. to uh, give me structure. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm practicing some self-discipline and I'm giving myself structure. How's it going? It's going really well. I, I mean. How many days? Uh, I think I'm going, let me think. Uh, I had to turn in the project on Friday. I actually turned it on a Wednesday. So I've been doing this since Tuesday. Sick. So it's going pretty well. I'm trying to be realistic, but I'm scheduling myself time to study. I'm scheduling myself uh, self time to goal set. I'm scheduling like he said to schedule three meals a day. Again, I skip breakfast. Sure. So I just schedule myself two. Just Keurig. But- <laughs> yeah yeah making coffee is on my schedule actually you know what's really funny is when I asked you I'm like what are you doing today and you're like well I'll show you and you sent me a screenshot of your schedule and I'm like scrolling through going oh I go oh you have time come over let's do a show you're like what's the topic I'm like I don't know we'll find out <laughs> okay so <clears throat> I think people know you well enough yeah. I mean I mean there's not much more is there anything else you want to let the people know about you the people know no I I'm pretty one-dimensional like you're not one-dimensional I, I, Shut I, up. I cook and I watch Netflix not even Netflix I watch HBO Max I know it's gotten better right HBO Max is not bad I yeah. like all the DC content I know not everybody I like is DC. DC people but yeah, I like um, DC content too. I do like DC content I just rewatched the Harley Quinn series again oh the animated yeah it's it's a treasure you know, you know Kaylee Cuoco voices her right yeah i love kaylee i freaking love her big animal advocate too which i absolutely adore yeah didn't she Um, buy that horse that got beaten in the olympics she i don't know if she actually got it but she publicly said i will purchase that horse for whatever price you want because she has more money than god she's like garth brooks rich so it's like she can do she can get it if she wants to and she should. I hope she did get it. I'm not sure if she did, but I do believe that she definitely made a public calling for it. Yeah. I hope she got it. I, I hope she did I, too. I didn't get into it, but. But um, yeah, yeah, no, I just, I rewatched that. And then um, <laughs> I just watched the entire seven seasons of Sex and the City original. Um, and then I am catching up, caught up now on mm-hmm. um, just, just like, like that. that. Okay. So speaking of that's our segue. <laughs> wrong button before we get into the recap of the first eight episodes of in just like that we'll do a quick brief recap of episode eight as well what did you think of sex in the city from episode one to the final episode what did you what was the overall feeling of it I love Samantha. Same. I she um if any if, I know people like to say, "Oh, I'm a Samantha. I'm a Carrie. I'm a whatever." I don't think so. I I don't necessarily think you can be j- just one of them. The You're way just- we've always looked at it, at least with 
me and Stephanie and Paula and Allison is that the four girls, the four women who are friends, they equate one solid woman. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Yeah. But Samantha makes the whole show, 100%. which is why um not to comment on just like that just yet, but without Samantha, that show is really uh struggling. It's very different without that pulling them into the current flavor of society. And or I culture. Just, I don't understand the flip in the writing for, because in the last season of Sex in the City, mm-hmm. Samantha is almost in her 50s, if not in her 50s. She's 50 yeah, she was 50. So it, I want to know where the writing turned, writing this amazing visual of what a 50-year-old woman could be, strong in her sexuality, strong yeah. in her business, still rocking blonde hair instead of gray, like <laughs> living living her best life. And Literally now they're writing these her. 50-year-old women like they're decrepit, ancient. They're like geriatric. They're yeah. one step out of the grave. I don't get it either. Trust and me. I For a show that was so on point with the fashion in the 90s and the early 2000s, mm-hmm. I want to know where they took this turn in 2022 where these women are wearing bags. Draped. They're draped. And these, and, and I mean, Charlotte doesn't have an outfit that doesn't love a belt. No. Like everything she wears is belted. Charlotte dresses like she's a 50s housewife, which I think, I I guess is from a creative standpoint, something that they might be trying to do. I always. But Carrie has a great figure. Sarah Jessica Parker has a great figure. I don't know why they're hiding her. And she's in in bags. Yeah, exactly. They're just like hiding her figure because she's 50 and suddenly she'd be ashamed of her body. And I just don't understand it. Well, like when she went on the date. In episode five, I think, or six, she had that stunning baby blue tight bodycon dress on, but she also then had a raincoat over it. Do you um, remember yeah. that? Yes, I With do. With her tight ass bun? Yes. I, I don't, I, that. it's like, we, we can't have her be completely sexy. And I get it. She didn't even want to go on the date. So she's just like, I'm going to look like an old maid. I don't give a shit. So she did the whole type. But, and we all do that when we're going out, we, we pull our hair tight. Why do we do that? We always do that. We put ponies or high buns. I don't know. Women do that. A lot of women do that. Yeah. I, I don't know what the logic is behind it either, but... Um. Well, the Sex in the City um, has always been flawed. The entire show was flawed. We all saw it, but it was okay because we're all flawed, right? Yeah. But when you... I mean, and I was in my 20s when that show came out, and so I loved it. I loved it. I, I was like, oh my God, finally, you know, some goals. It was also fantasy where they couldn't even afford to pay their bills every month wore the brands that she wore, dated the men that she dated. I mean, that just did not happen. They didn't eat out for every, you don't, when you're in your twenties, you just can't do that. No, no one, no one no. in their twenties lives in a brownstone apartment no. and is wearing Jimmy Choo shoes while their only no. source of income is a newspaper article. A column, a weekly sex column. So it was, but so we were all aware of the fact that that wasn't realistic. So we could live in this fantasy world and watch these women do their thing. Samantha was the most real actually the yes. most relatable, except that I would never, I was never that open sexually in my 20s, or I guess she was in her 30s at the time. I was not that person, but it was fun to watch it. And then you look back and you go, God, Carrie was not a very good friend. Carrie was not a good friend. Did I you actually, think she, did you recognize that fairly quickly? Um, Not very quickly, but I did realize it when um Miranda threw her back out and was lying naked on the <gasps> floor she and sent she sent Aiden. Aiden to go can you imagine if if Alyssa if you sent Ken and Alyssa was naked on the floor and you sent Ken because you were too busy 
No, like, and she had, I think her excuse was she had a work meeting. Like, she was meeting with her editor or something. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, there, I would call out of work. Like, there is nothing that would be more important than scooping my friend up off the bathroom floor. I would never send a man to go do that. I couldn't believe she did that. No. As much as I dislike Miranda, come on. And I also dislike Miranda. I actually, I love Charlotte. I love Charlotte and Sex and the City as well as just like that. I've Um, always liked Charlotte. You know, your dad. He thinks she's the prettiest. She is the prettiest. I agree. She actually has a body. She, I, I know, and they hide it. I know. They, they hid it in the original, and they mm-hmm. hide it now, and I don't know why, because she looks great. She's stunning. She's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, if, if it's Although her, Kim Cattrall is very pretty as well. Uh, Kim, Kim Cattrall is like a statuesque sex goddess. I know, and she's tall. She's, she's beautiful. Like, she could have she been a model if she wasn't so freaking funny. Oh, I just love her. And, you know, she was she was someone I loved when I was young, and watch her in movies because she was in movies first. Oh, really? I've, she's I've in Mannequin. Oh, and she's I have seen and that. she was also in Big Trouble in Little China, which by by the way is one of the best movies ever of the eighties. It's just so good. Yeah, she was a movie star first before, and she was in Last American Virgin, which I was way too young to watch. I was not obviously not even in puberty when that came out, but she was in it, and it apparently was very funny. I loved all six seasons of the original because it was so unrealistic and most women knew it like no one's moving to paris with alexander petrovsky like that's not gonna happen no one would do that no woman would do that except for carrie who's an idiot right Uh, the character carrie yeah and then you know big is toxic (laughs) i mean that should have ended a million times yeah and well it did end a million times i know but um, forever and the the kindest thing that Big did for her was, um, and then he didn't even stick to it, was when she flew out to San Francisco for her book signing. Yeah. And he was just like, look at all the horrible things I've done to you. Like, we are not continuing this. <laughs> and she's and like, then, please sleep with me. Yeah. And then he- Please lay on me. He changed his mind and they <laughs> had sex. And then, you know, he eventually moves back to New York and all that good stuff. But I mean, like the kindest mm-hmm. thing that he could have done for her was being like, bye yeah i'm toxic for you you're toxic for me let's just like call it what it is are you team aiden uh i was team aiden except aiden's too good for carrie thank you um but if she was gonna end up with anyone like as a happy ending it should have been aiden not big really well aiden was just he was so kind to her Mm -hmm. he was uh, like he was hardworking. He like fixed like, her apartment. He bought her apartment for her I when know. it turned into a co-op. Like he was she didn't the, have the best money. boyfriend ever. You know what though? He was all in and she never was. Never. She yeah. was still waiting for big. Still. Still. I know. I and know. cheated on him with him. I mean, it's like if that had happened, the a real person would have been like, I can't do this. I'm still in love with my horrible ex person and it's it has nothing to do with you. I'm bad. I'm terrible, and you you deserve better. Get out. Please, leave. I mean, but she's so fucking selfish. She's like, well, I can probably have my cake and eat it, too, for a minute. Yeah. And she did, even though she hated herself. And even though Charlotte was just like, you're my maid of honor. And she's like, "Mm." I know. Charlotte (laughs) super guilt tripped her. I will say that the most disappointing part of Sex in the City was how they wrote um, the men in Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. Um, they just definitely took the stance of, um, and I don't throw this word around lightly, but like misandry, where they oh, were just uh-huh. like, they like really leaned into like all men are terrible. Right. And they wrote all of their main male protagonists that way. Even Steve, yeah. uh, Trey, the only redeemable one is Harry, and they even made him disgusting. Yeah, they had, he had to be a pig. 
Yeah, exactly. He couldn't just, uh, I'm like, just be a normal human. I remember when they first introduced him uh, and he and Charlotte were having sex, he had this horrible hairy back that they yeah. eventually got rid of. Yes. Um, for one reason or another. Because but, she found it disgusting. But I mean, like, they could have just written him as being a genuinely nice guy who was just short and bald. And then right. just like, Charlotte could have just been the superficial woman that she is and then yeah. eventually got over that but they had to make him like extra disgusting he had to be like a caveman and uh, yeah exactly and i'm like i don't understand why they're just writing these terrible male characters why do they the why are they so flawed what i think is aiden i don't think he was as flawed as the rest of them i think no. he was just very down to earth i like i think he was the best written male character agree harry had to do him dirty and i think that's that was the i wonder if it was purposeful or if it just fell like that because Aiden was perfect in all sense of he was perfect for probably anyone who yeah. I mean any of them actually but um yeah he was too good for any of them maybe Charlotte but Charlotte need money she needed money and Aiden didn't have it yeah yeah 100% agree with that actually yeah that- it's just um I find that to be the most offensive part of the whole show like Ken and I were watching it and he was actually like he had to stop <laughs> at some points because he's like these men make me uncomfortable <laughs> that's funny yeah he just he's like i don't relate to any of these men and i'm like good (laughs) did you notice because you're you're far because you're so much younger and your perception of life is very different than mine although i'm trying really i'm really charlotting my life i'm really trying to truly accept and understand things that i did not have to think about when i was your, your age right 55 is not old 50 is the new 30 yeah 50 Surely is absolutely it, the new 30. I do not feel old. I don't, I don't feel old. I'm not 55, but I'm just saying that I'm not 40. I'm not 30. You know, I'm I'm definitely halfway there, halfway to home base. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if I'm lucky. You'll make it. I, I told dad that after we I watched, I had watched the, the episode eight and I came downstairs and I said, okay, we're not old. He goes, no. And I said, but getting, getting COVID really made me realize how we can't neglect our lives. We cannot neglect our health, our mental well-being. You know, we're not sta- we're not stagnant as a couple at all. And you get this weird like desire to just live as much life as you possibly can before you get really really geriatric. Because yeah. I said, what if we only have 10 more years together? He's like, shut up. Just shut up. I'm like, I don't, I'm not saying we only have 10 years. I'm just saying we have to live like we have no fucking idea what's coming because I mean, hope we're, hopefully we're like the healthiest old people ever, but you know, we could get hit by a car or something. I go, I'd rather be killed by a shark than die of cancer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's so it's like, so, way. and I'm not saying we have to go out and live our lives. Like we have to live like we have no tomorrow, but I'm also like, we just have to take our fucking vitamins. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you you Exercise. don't want to go full YOLO, but you want to. <laughs> you guys would freak out. Yeah, you guys just dropped everything and like went to Europe. We're for selling six everything. Yeah, or something crazy like that. We're Dad, live in a house. Dad gets a motorcycle. Wheels. Oh my god, or something no. crazy like that. Like, god, no, I don't want that for you. But I mean, I do want you guys to. <laughs> well, especially because Malia is so close to flying the coop. Right. And you guys have had kids your entire marriage. Yes. So I'm I'm really curious to see what you guys do when it's just the two of you. Well, I wanted to go to New York for Thanksgiving, and apparently that's not going to happen. You guys don't want that. No, Thanksgiving has to be here. My 
a dream just once, not forever, is to go to New York, have Thanksgiving at a super nice restaurant, and then go Christmas shopping the next day in New York City. And dad's like, yeah, I would do that. He's like, but I don't know if our kids will let us do that. I'm like, well, it's just going to be me and you. We do whatever we want. What are we supposed to do for Thanksgiving while you guys are... (laughs) off in new york yoloing we're, we're still gonna come to your house and sit at that table and drink all your wine like well it will be a duel over who the favorite child was oh that my year. god okay listen i know this is gonna embarrass you but i'm gonna tell you anyway because we're on the subject okay okay so obviously pubic hair is a thing Yes. It's been a thing for about, I don't know, 15 years, actually, quite a bit. When porn became mainstream entertainment, that's when pubic hair became a thing. I was 19 when I first removed all of my pubic hair. Mm. And the, the boyfriend I had at the time didn't care. He could care less. It, it had He was very surprised and it, happily surprised. Okay. So that's when I started scaping the pubic zone. I just never went full Brazilian because it it's uncomfortable. And back in the day, you know, the, in the nineties there, nobody was really getting Brazilian waxes. There was no, I'm sure there were places like that, but it wasn't common. Yeah. Now it's like common. It well, now, now it's on a <laughs> decline. Is it? Well, because, um, well, I, I don't want to speak for every woman my age, but sure. a lot of women my age are now of the idea of, okay, men asking me to be hairless is kind of gross. Yeah, it like, is. Like, if you like little girls, just say that. Right. Don't expect me to be hairless. And then, you know, men will always have that argument, well, it's just more hygienic. And it's like, okay, then shave yours. Some do. Not enough. Fair. And I think everyone, regardless of gender, should do a little bit of scaping. Nobody wants nobody wants an ivory tower full of vines, <laughs> and nobody wants to have to hunt for your clitoris. It's just I, you know what? Not. Okay, so this is what I was going to say is that I have kept it short and clean. I went through a landing strip phase. I did all the things. I'm like, how do they do lightning bolts? I don't understand. <laughs> but it's because I don't have enough hair. That's the reality is I don't have enough hair for it. So I just gave that up. And that was in my 20s mostly. And then, you know, obviously I got married and, you know, husbands initially, they do not care. Like they're just so happy that they're getting laid regularly that they're like, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. So, but I always maintained a clean manicured look. And so I asked, <laughs> I'm so sorry I'm doing this to you, but I asked your, your dad, <laughs> I'm like, do you want me to be completely Brazilian? He's like, well, it would make my job easier. And I said, uh, uh, excuse me, is it, it's a task for you. It's a job. He'll never let it down. He's like, he's like, that's not what I meant. I go, well, what did you mean? I go, because you want to talk about jobs? Oh, man. I think they're both hard work. It's not my, I mean, it's not exactly, I mean, it's always on the menu, but I'm just saying that, you know, I've had my fair share of pubic hair in my nostrils. Ooh. Know what I'm saying? True, yeah. And now, I don't, I mean, now the um, the trends of sexual pleasure have changed. A lot of men are really into the prostate massages mm. and all of that. And when I... You know, when I got into, not I personally, but when I started learning about all these things, I'm like, okay, there's going to have to be a lot of cleansing and hygienic things going on for me to really get into that situation. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. But as far as hair, yes, um, I'm all into the manicure and, you know, I, I don't require it, but I would, I do prefer manicured genitals. 
Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. I think, like I said, I think everybody should do a little bit of sculpting, whether you keep it full or if you do a landing strip or, I mean, yeah. I, I, and I know, no shade to the girls who prefer the Brazilian for themselves, yeah, but if fine. you're getting a Brazilian just for your boyfriend, reconsider your priorities. Yeah, please don't do that. Yeah. I remember one time I did, I did go full Brazilian and then I forgot that I had a, um, a gyno appointment and you and I have had discussions about your feelings on male gynecologists yes i understand you don't like them it's it's not a matter of just you have I, strong I just, opinions I'm distrustful i'm distrustful of men who would go into that <laughs> industry on purpose like i get if you're even like i could almost understand older male doctors from a time when there wasn't a lot of women exactly that which is what my situation if, was if you're like a fresh like if you're a 28 year old male and you say i want to be an ob you're either creepy or you're in it for the money. And I just <laughs> don't want opinion. you anywhere near the in-between of my legs. That's fair. If I mean, you're in it for the money. Because either in either of those scenarios, you don't care about me as a patient. That's what you're feeling. Which is what I feel. Yeah. Sure. I love my female gynecologist. <clears throat> oh, I feel yeah. like it's trusting. I feel like I'm not so self-conscious. I feel like it's a safer right, like, right. environment. Um, I have heard that that female and this is a generalization, of course, I don't know any, but I've heard that uh, women gynecologists tend to be a bit more uh, judgy when it comes to their patients well-being, not the actual uh, examine examination part of it, but they're they're very more like you need to eat better. You need to make sure you don't miss your mammogram. You need to because they know because they're women. And yeah. they know they're like, you can't have this extra 20 pounds on your gut. You've got to like get exercising. Yeah. Like it t- they tend to be a bit more urgent with the overall wealth, uh, health and well-being of their patient versus a doctor, a male doctor would be like, all right, well, you're healthy. See you in a year. Yeah. And um, even that I would like appreciate That's, more. I'm not. It's not a bad thing. I'm yeah. just saying it's definitely far more because they know they're yeah. like, you know, I know. Trust me. Yeah, because they've been there. They've been in that situation. Right. Like, um, we have one uh, nurse at our family doctor's office, at mm-hmm. Dr. Fong's office. Um, her name is, I think, Emily, and she mm-hmm. is the best. And she is the one, like, whenever I'm there, I'm like, oh, gosh, I hope I get her because I want her to be the one to weigh me. I want her <laughs> to be the one to give me my shots, my uh, injections of whatever I'm getting that day. Like, she is just the best, most attentive, yes. non-judgmental. You are correct. But she is very candid. She's she just is like, candid, yes. And I love her for that because she's both candid and non-judgmental, which yes. I think is, like, this perfect combination well, that's, for, that's, like, the healthcare worker. That should be women gynecologists. That is women gynecologists, definitely. Or any women in the doctor or in the medical industry tend to be that way with women i find yes yes it's which great. is it's a breath of fresh air because yeah. I well feel it's like changing when, yeah mm-hmm. and i feel like and again this is like a generalization but i feel like especially with because you brought up like having extra pounds on you i feel like male doctors are also more likely to be like oh, well, you're having these health issues just because you're kind of overweight. Oh, yeah. Whereas women doctors are going to kind of dig into it and they're going to be like, okay, yes, you're overweight, but But, these issues should not be correlated to that. Yeah, you're right. Especially with women, specifically. You are correct. So I don't even know if it's a gynecological thing. I think it's just I trust (laughs) women doctors more than men doctors in general. Yeah, fair. I would say that's true. 
I um I read an interesting study. I can't <clears throat> source it right now, which is unfortunate. But um, it, they did like a study on surgeries, mm-hmm. and people who had female surgeons actually had better outcomes for their surgery more often than when they had male surgeons. You know what? I don't. That does not surprise me. Actually, they're you know we're far more detail oriented sometimes. Number one. Number two. And these are all generalizations. Obviously, there are some men that are very detail oriented. Oh, yeah, obviously. Of but um, that is true. And then the same thing can go with tattooing. Oh, oh, yes. I, you know what? I would agree with that. I've had both male and female tattoo artists. Yes. And my, fa- my female tattoo artist, she's great. You're, you're not crying going, wait a minute. I need a minute. No. Very different. Good tattoo artists, there shouldn't be a whole lot of pain. You shouldn't feel them dragging the needle across you anyway. But sure. I think that really depends on where you go. Yeah. Well, and how they were trained. Yes. There are definitely some tattoo shops that I pass by that I've like read reviews to or I've seen work from there before. And I'm like, okay, mentally don't go there. Yeah. You're going to hurt when you leave. Really quick before we wrap it up, we're not going to do ugly and awkward moments. I don't have, I do have one, but I'm going to save it for next week. I don't have one. Yeah. Cause you're not awkward like me. I mean, (laughs) you're not, (laughs) you're just not. What? thickness mo my chair is just getting farther and farther away yep. we'll scooch in we're, we're we're way over time anyway so <laughs> well, we have dad to can edit down he's gonna edit so much it's not even funny it'll he's, be an unrecognizable show it will be but that's okay all right well thank you so much for sitting in with uh, me and um you know i'm sure i honestly i think most people who listen are you closer to your age than my age it's more like listening to their big sister talk. When, I, when I'm when i doing the show with, with Aunt Stephanie, it's more like, oh, let's hear what our big sisters have to tell us about the world today. And now they're going to be like, oh, see, she talks like we talk. I hope so. I might be too extreme for some of the people my age. <clears throat> well, that's we'll okay. See. I mean, you know what? It's just a different perspective. Although I do find it funny that you don't hate watch and just like that the way I do. Because I hate watch it. I do not stop watching it. I will continue to watch it. I, from what I understand, there will probably not be a second season of it, which is not surprising. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't been well received. It's not well received. There's a lot of critical, unless they do a full overhaul, which I don't think they'll do. Mm-hmm. My thought was that they will, with all of these characters they're introducing, because now everybody has a minority character in their life, all the mains. Oh, you're right. And so what I'm thinking is if there's a second season, the main Charlotte, Miranda, and Carrie will fade, and they'll focus and they'll on focus on characters. the new, and which I would be fine with, yeah, actually, because then this whole clumsy inclusion shit will go away. Yeah, you know? it'll be a little bit more natural. It'll be current, and I and and it will be diverse, naturally diverse. Yes, and I course. and I would love that. Actually, I think that would be great, and and it would be a smart thing to do because, frankly, although as much as I love the original series as flawed as it was i think that they could completely reinvent and it would be great so we'll see yeah we'll see where they go with it (coughs) sorry it's uh the podcast kitty is making me cough for some reason i'm having an allergic reaction to him don't blame him ugly podcast kitties we're gonna do an instagram of ugly podcast kitty we're gonna call it the ugly kitties the ugly kitties yeah they'll have their own insta so Cute. People can see who is sitting in and watching us do our show for the day. Baxter. It's Baxter today. He's Hello, Baxter. Cat. He knows we're talking about him. Look at him. I know. He's arrogant. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week with who knows who. Maybe me again. Maybe you again, but no more call me talk.
Okay, that's okay. fair. <laughs> Keep your ratings up. All right. <laughs> this episode. Oh, no, we don't want that one. What's this one? Imagine. For- no. <laughs> right. Bye, everybody. That's good.